0: Hola and welcome to Catholic View on this Friday evening. I'm Sheila Fitch. Thank you so much for joining me. Coming up in today's broadcast, we'll be talking about Congolese prophetic voices. But first, we begin as usual with some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church and in Africa today. So do stay tuned.
1: This is Archbishop Buti Tlachale of the Catholic Diocese of Johannesburg. You are listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change.
0: And in your headlines this Friday evening, we take a look at Pope Francis' first day in Peru. Congolese Catholics worldwide march for democracy. And Pope of Surprises does it again, Francis performs marriage ceremony aboard plane in Chile. Good evening once again, I'm Sheila Pirish. Pope Francis arrived in Peru's capital city, Lima, yesterday evening, beginning the second leg of an apostolic visit that is also scheduled to take him to the Amazon city of Puerto Maldonado and to the northern coastal city of Trujillo. Colin York has more.
2: Thousands of people line the streets of Lima, waving and singing as they welcome the Holy Father. The people of Peru are awaiting the pontiff's words and presence with high expectation, and his visit promises to be dense with activity and inspiration, as he is scheduled to address political leaders, celebrate Holy Mass, meet with priests and religious, and pay tribute to the nation's beloved Virgin of La Puerta. One highlight of Francis's visit will be his meeting today with the indigenous peoples of Peru's Amazon rainforest, during which he is expected to issue a message of warning and of hope to the world.
0: Back home, two religious brothers of charity have been killed in a car accident in Johannesburg in the early hours of this morning. Local superior brother Anthony Colpert and regional superior brother Constantino Kawunda were travelling with a driver when their vehicle was hit from behind as they travelled on the N-12 highway near Oartambo Airport. Johannesburg local superior brother Anthony also served as the bursar of the St. Paul region of Southern Africa. Before his death, he was volunteering at a medical center for the mentally ill run by the Brothers of Charity. Radio Veritas spoke to Father Patience.
1: Brother Anthony was a very funny person, funny in the way that he liked joking. For him, everyone who came to see him was not a, couldn't feel like a stranger. He was a very, very welcoming person, and he was even given a surname, uh, a nickname rather, uh, Le Gentil. Le Gentil in French, it means a kind person, a kind person. That's how he was known in Burundi. So they knew him as Le Gentil. If you go to Burundi and you ask about Anthony, they won't know him. But when you say Le Gentil, everybody knows him. Even among the officials in the government, they knew him. So he was a very welcoming person. And uh, as part of the last uh, story that I would like to tell you, lastly on Sunday, um, Brother Anthony's sister came to spend, uh, because he was a twin, the the twin sister to Brother Anthony came to visit him and spend Christmas with him here. So as I was driving him back to the airport so um, so that he could catch the plane back to Belgium, and at the gate, just to tell you the kind of a person Brother Anthony was, we met a, a needy person who comes to Brother Anthony it two weeks. And um, he was asking for some assistance. And Brother Anthony asked me to stop, because I was the one driving. He said, this is my friend. He was a very weak person. And he said, I'm going to give him something. And he took some money out of his pocket and he gave it to the needy person. Just to give you the picture of the person he was. And he has been supporting so many people, students, Anyone who came felt very welcome to uh, our next brother Anthony. You may ask uh, even his brother how he was. So uh, for me it's really a big loss, not only for the church and myself, but also for many other people who were relying on brother Anthony. He was a very kind person, besides the fact of being a religious man.
0: Zimbabwe's MDCT party has expressed shock and sadness over the death of the former key Zimbabwean opposition leader Roy Bennett, who was killed in a helicopter crash together with his wife Heather in the USA yesterday. Colin York has more.
2: State police confirmed Bennett's death after a helicopter carrying him and five others went down in a mountainous rural area of northern New Mexico. Obert Gutu, spokesman for the MDCT Opposition Party, said the loss of Bennett was tragic. In 2000, Bennett won a parliamentary seat in a rural constituency in Zimbabwe, angering Mugabe and his ruling ZANU PF party. He won a devoted following of fellow Zimbabweans for passionately advocating political change he was often called the sharpest thorn in Mugabe's side. After being imprisoned twice by Mugabe, he lived in exile in South Africa from 2010. In Zimbabwe, Tendai Biti, a prominent opposition leader and a former finance minister, tweeted, The Bennett's tragic passing is a blow to our struggle. David Coltart, an opposition figure, said the couple were two of Zimbabwe's greatest patriots.
0: Meanwhile, Zimbabwe's President Emerson Mnangwaga has announced that the country will hold elections in four to five months, the first since the removal of longtime ruler Robert Mugabe. Vincent Makori reports.
1: Mnangwaga is reported to have made the pledge Wednesday during an unofficial trip to neighbouring Mozambique. The state-owned Herald newspaper says Mnangagwa pledged to ensure free and fair elections to ensure Zimbabwe engages the world as a qualified democratic state. Elections had been expected to be held in either July or August. Mnangagwa replaced 93-year-old Robert Mugabe, who ruled Zimbabwe for 37 years before he was forced to resign under pressure last November by the military.
0: Society for African Missions, Father Donald Zagore says the Catholic and Christian community of the Democratic Republic of Congo will continue to support democracy and the Catholic Church in Congo. Nosipo Khadebi has more. Speaking during an interview with Agencia Fides, Father Donald was commenting on the tension mounting in Congo between
1: the church and the government of incumbent President Joseph Kabila. Kabila has refused
0: to step down despite his term ending in 2016 and has delayed an election until December this year. Six people were killed and more than 120 were arrested by security forces on New Year's Day during demonstrations against the presidency of Joseph Kabila led by an and Lay Coordination Committee. Meanwhile, in South Africa, scores of Congolese took to the streets of Yeovil to
1: march in solidarity with the Catholic Bishops' Conference in Congo. Chancellor of the Johannesburg
0: Archdiocese, Father Jean-Marie Didho, spoke to Radio Veritas about the worldwide marches taking place this weekend.
3: Christian community in Congo is organizing this coming Sunday, the 21st of uh, January 2018, that after they've uh, uh, finished their masses and uh, uh, other religious uh, services in their various churches there in Kinshasa, they will go on the streets to march and to demand to what is their right. The Congolese diaspora in Belgium, in France, are doing the same today, the 19th, as we speak. And uh, on the 21st, those also, uh, Germany, the Arab uh, countries in Europe and uh, in America, the Congolese diaspora will also be marching on the 21st.
0: The Joint Commission of the UN Superior General and the International Union Superior General, Justice, Peace and Integrity of Creation and Solidarity with South Sudan are this week holding a roundtable discussion that will bring together men and women religious for a panel discussion about the ongoing political unrest in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and South Sudan. According to a communique released to Vatican Radio, participants at the roundtable discussion will experience a sensitive and faith-filled panel discussion around the importance of being committed to personal peace, attentively living in harmony and consciously maintaining peace. And finally, in his five years in office, Pope Francis has gained a reputation for tossing protocol out of the window and embracing spontaneity. Yesterday, he ran through to form with another paper first. He married two flight attendants on board his flight from Santiago to Iquique, where he was to say the final mass on his trip to Chile. The director of the Holy See Press Office, Greg Burke, says the wedding was totally legitimate. Uh, something happened which has never happened before on a people plane and that is the pope married a couple who hadn't been married in church doctrinally it's okay because to be married the actual the ministers are the, are the, the people themselves you just need a witness uh, there are a couple other things. Normally there are publications and there's some things that have to be passed over, but it's it's totally legit and, and everyone's happy. The is it already married civilly, yeah, as I understand. That's what they said they met eight years ago on a plane. And the Pope, it was his own idea, Greg? No, it was not the Pope's idea. It was their idea, but the Pope was happy to do it. And that was a look at some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church and in Africa today. Thank you once again for joining me this Friday evening. You are listening to Catholic View, a program produced and presented by Shayla Pirsch for Radio Veritas. Coming up next is our feature program, and today we look at Congolese prophetic voices. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to our feature program. Catholic and Christian communities of the Democratic Republic of Congo, DRC, continue to support democracy as well as the Catholic Church in that country. After 20 years of misery, the Catholic Church in the DRC has taken to the streets of Kinshasa, Yovel and Berea in South Africa to call for true democracy and peace and stability to take place in the DRC. Recently, six people were killed and more than 120 were arrested by security forces on New Year's Day during demonstrations against the presidency of Joseph Kabila. The demonstrations were led by an Archdiocese and lay coordination committee. While in South Africa, scores of Congolese took to the streets of Yovel to march in solidarity with the Catholic Bishops' Conference in the DRC. I spoke to the Chancellor of the Johannesburg Archdiocese, Father Jean-Marie Didho, about the worldwide marches that are taking place this weekend. Let's talk about the situation in Congo. It seems like it's the Christian community that is actually standing up and doing something about the political tensions that a Congo is faced with. It's not just the Catholic Church, but it's the Christian community who's up in arms and trying to put a stop or an end to this political saga that's going on.
3: Yes, yes indeed, Tushela. The Christian community in Congo is now very much uh, alive and uh, working, looking at the situation, the political situation in Congo. And they've noticed that um, our politicians, uh, both of them, I mean, uh, those of the opposition and uh, those in power, there is a little bit of uh, uh, not that goodwill of uh, pushing up uh, the the, the democratical institutions to uh, take place in Congo, so the Christian community is tired, and uh, that Christian community, as you will recall, Sheila, that Congo is mostly Christian, so with all the injustices that they see, with all the the, the social uh, uh, illnesses that they see, and life becoming unbearable, so they've decided to take uh, the destiny of their country into their own hands.
0: And this is despite all the threats, despite the killings of certain Catholic priests and nuns. This is despite all of that. Catholic priests, Catholic bishops, as a matter of fact, they're still going ahead, protesting, wanting political stability in the country, wanting democracy to be installed.
3: Yes. um, All the the, 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 the Christian communities in Congo... Now, because they've, uh, they are now uh, aware of what is going on in the country, and they see that the politicians are not ready to change the situation, their situation, so they've taken all this, as I said, into their own hands. And indeed, now they become the target of those in power who don't want to see that positive change, who don't want to see democracy being fostered in, in, in Congo. And they start threatening them, especially the, the, the leaders, those religious leaders, Priests, nuns, religious uh, bishops, and uh, pastors of uh, these different Protestant churches who are also, once you become vocal, you become a target to them to threaten you so that to silence. But indeed, the truth cannot be uh, uh, silenced uh, for long. And people have seen that enough is enough. So everybody on his own uh, corner, uh, their own corner, they start speaking, no matter how they are being, their life is being threatened especially, as I said, the leaders, priests, religious
0: bishops. Now, Father, I know you're based in South Africa, but you're quite involved and quite aware with the situation back home, that is, in Congo, in the DRC. Now, for how long have the people of the DRC been living like this, in such dire conditions, in misery, having to flee the country to neighboring countries and living in refugee camps? For how long has the situation been?
3: Uh, Shira, the situation has been there for more than 20 years now. That is one thing that I always uh, uh, speak even in my writing, that the situation of Congo, of the population in Congo is forgotten, forgotten by uh, uh, the international community, forgotten by the media, forgotten by all those powers of the world. It seems that that, 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 that this uh, current president, Kabila, is in power nothing has been going on positively in the country especially I'm, I'm I'm looking at the social side of the people where people have to find good education for their children, good schools, or hospitals uh, salaries, job creation, nothing completely and that's, as I said, when people are enough with all this they end up one day rising as they are doing now for the past twenty years that he has been there uh, starting with his uh, father, who was killed in um, uh, 2001, and his father came into power in uh, in 1997, the situation, the social situation of the people of Congo has not been good. And uh, we have a lot of rebellions and uh, wars, especially on the eastern side of uh, the Congo, where the country has a lot of uh, natural uh, resources, like uh, diamond gold and many other minerals. And now that situation has spread almost all over the country except the south and, uh, I mean, the west and one part of the south. And that leads the people to live in a a, a very uh, precarious situation that they can't even afford a meal a day where parents or families who live with uh, one meal, if they are a family of uh, six, maybe the children who are four, maybe, or or, or, or five, or or, or, or or three, can eat. And then the parents have to starve, because it's not enough to give the whole family. And this thing has been going on and on, uh, going on and on, and uh, people are enough with it. And they say, enough is enough. They have to now take the situation in their own hands. So that's how the situation of Congo has been there, that for so long that they've endured all these miseries and suffering, and now they decide to take their own destiny in their own hands.
0: And it's quite interesting to see that you have the international bodies such as the United Nations. The only time they speak up is when it has to do with hunger, malnutrition, and for example the recent floods. They are all talking about this. They are concerned raising funds for this, but we don't hear the international community, as you said, we don't hear the international community talking about political stability in the DRC as much as we hear them talking about the fact that people that they are hungry. Yes, it's good that they are making a contribution towards feeding the hungry, the homeless, and those who have fled the DRC into neighbouring countries. But what about putting an end to these 20 years of misery, bringing about democracy, bringing about elections, proper elections? That those elections should stop being postponed every time that they are set, but eventually happen. And we see that it's only the Catholic Church and, of course, other Christian minorities that are basically standing up and raising their voices and protesting and Calling on people to come together and protest about this. It's basically the Catholic Church. I mean, we have the roundtable discussion surrounding uh, Congo and South Sudan, for example, that is taking place uh, this week. We also have a, a whole lot of priests, including yourselves here in South Africa. You organized a march yesterday protesting about the same situation. But it's so sad to see that it's only the religious that are concerned about. The this, and mainstream media, as you said, does not talk about it. We turn on our TVs, we turn on the radios, we hardly hear about the situation in the DRC.
3: Indeed, indeed, Shira. You, I will uh, uh, just, if you recall, the United Nations mission in Congo, which is called MONISCO, have been in the country uh, for the past uh, 15 or, or 18 years, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And they said their mission is to bring peace and stability and uh, secure uh, the security of uh, the population. But at the very same uh, uh, side of the country uh, where they are, in the eastern side of uh, the DRC, where their headquarters is based, where a strong hold of uh, the United Nations uh, mission in Congo is based, people are being killed on a daily basis. On their noses, they can see that. And people, they are killed in a very, very cruel manner, not only with guns and weapons, but they are being killed with machetes and uh, houses being burned while the family is still busy sleeping. And these are mud houses that I'm talking about, Sheila. It's not the brick houses that we have here. It's mud houses built in mud with a, 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 a leaves. And the whole, the entire family can be burnt there by so many these militias that are being uh, 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 that are coming out like mushrooms every single day on the eastern side. The MONUSCO is there; they don't bring that security that I can, they came to put. They don't even uh, secure or, or, or bring uh, uh, relief or safety to those people, and yet they are there for the past 15 years. Recently, uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, their convoy of that nation, of the United Nations in the DRC Monisco, was attacked and 15 of uh, the UN peacekeepers of uh, of, uh, the uh, Tanzanian army were killed but the attention that the world gave for that killing of the 15 United Nations uh, uh, peacekeepers was completely overwhelming compared to the civilians who are being killed on a daily basis on the same area, in the same area as uh, where they are, where those uh, mission uh, keepers were killed. And I ask myself, so is the life of a Congolese civilian not ready to be spoken of the way they've spoken about this one? And that's where I've come to see how the injustices is being entertained, even by the so-called uh, uh, the body that unites the whole world, called United Nations. And indeed, where I see that if human life is all we are all equal and the same, created in the image and the likeness of our God, do we need to speak out the way we speak for and for any other person who is killed or slain by uh, this uh, rebel movement, rather than speaking for some and not for others. And for me, that I, I cry out it's indeed a big injustice that uh, we are seeing for the civilians in Congo who are being killed, not because they've done something. But because their land has a lot of resources that everybody is envying and who try to get without any legal way of taking it,
0: and of course only a few benefiting from the mineral wealth that DRC has to offer, and that's a few politicians who are benefiting from this, as the majority of the country is in living in dire misery. That's very sad to hear that father, but now let's come back to the march yesterday. You organized a very um, big march in the streets of Jovo, Berea, and also in Pretoria. Talk to us about that march
3: The march was organized for uh, to support our Christian community in Congo that is now uh, uh, uh started to wake up and speak bold about our situations and uh, try to bring peace and stability and democracy to democracy in Congo. So we organized that to support them, especially uh, what uh, our cardinal in Congo spoke about a few days ago, and uh, one of the Protestant bishop who also reminded them about their duties as uh, leaders of the country to bring the people to democracy, peace, and uh, uh, unity. So we organized that march to support them. And uh, in that uh, uh, march, we uh, uh, sent a memorandum, a letter to the cardinal and to the other religious leaders that the Congolese diaspora in South Africa is fully behind them. Uh, We are ready to uh, give them our hands in prayer and in in any other means so that... uh, the march and all other movements or things that they are doing there in order to bring peace can be successful. And it was also in line to support that the second march that the Christian community in Congo is organizing, this coming Sunday, the 21st of uh, January 2018, that after they've uh, uh, finished their masses and uh, uh, other religious uh, services in their various churches there in Kinshasa, they will go on the streets to march and to demand to what is their right. So we anticipated that on uh, our side here in, in South Africa on the, uh, uh, yesterday, the 18th of uh, January, so that they know that they are not alone. And this is Michelle not only in South Africa. The Congolese diaspora in Belgium, in France, are doing the same today, the 19th, as we speak. And uh, on the 21st, those also in uh, um, Uh, Germany, the Arab uh, countries in Europe and uh, in America, the Congolese diaspora will also be marching on the 21st just to give our support to um, our brothers and sisters back home that we are with them. And we all want uh, that uh, democracy, unity, peace must prevail in our country.
0: This is what you call a through, um, a stand up by Christian community, a prophetic voice in society. This is what you call Christian unity fighting towards a common goal, which is to bring about peace and stability and democracy, which is most mm-hmm. important, democracy in the DRC. It's quite good to see that Congolese uh, Christians in the diaspora are coming together, are finally holding hands and standing up, raising their voices, and I truly hope that more media will be talking about this, that, you know, your mainstream media will be talking about this, not just us here at Radio Veritas, but I hope that more people will get to hear about what's happening in that country and that others learn from uh, the DRC that as Christians we are supposed to also be involved in what's happening in our society. Just like Pope Francis always advises us that you need to be involved with what's happening in the society. You need to stand up as Catholics and do something about and make a change.
3: Exactly, dear Shala. That's that's what we are really uh, uh, praying for. As you have said, that the world stops speaking bold about it and uh, uh, the media join us to pass the message that this is what is going on in, in the DRC and that also as a, a, a one thing that I wanted to forget those in power in DRC are saying that now the church is now becoming political, the church is now taking sides the church is now uh, 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 trying to uh, 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 overthrow the government and uh, they've forgotten their mission of uh, some of them are even quoting the the Bible uh, ironically saying give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and I said no, the Catholic uh, 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 social teaching reminds us of all our duties to do a thing in line with our God that what the church is doing is not against the government is not against uh, the civil power, but indeed we are in line with our Catholic social uh, teachings, that doctrine that we have in the church. that We need to take care not only of uh, the soul, but also the body. So the church is not even having any intention can it be the Catholic church or our brother Christians of other denominations of taking the political power and uh, govern the country? No. We are fostering what our social things reminds us to do and that indeed we have to stand as you said with a prophetic voice as a church as Christians that we need to see uh, justice equality in our country that everybody must indeed benefit and enjoy the resources that we have in our country not only a minority who takes it for them for themselves and think that they own the country and the country has become like a farm that belongs to their their families. No. We said all of us, as Christians, as citizens of the country, must benefit from the resources of our country. Their children go to best schools. Some of them don't even study in the country. They study outside, in Europe, America, here in South Africa. But our children and uh, 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 our brothers and sisters who can't even afford to go out, because they don't even have the means to put food on their uh, plate, So they are there, and they don't maintain schools. Uh, hospitals is even worse. Whenever they fall sick themselves, uh, they are being rushed outside out of the country to go and get the best medical treatment outside. And they don't maintain hospitals. And all that, when the church speaks, they say, no, the church is now becoming political. And indeed, we are not political, we are just speaking in line with our social doctrine, the social teachings
1: of the Church.
0: Father jean marie I sympathize with you and the people of the DRC. And on that note, I'd like to say thank you very much for availing yourself and talking to us about the situation in the DRC and what the Congolese in the diaspora are doing, the Christian and Catholic Congolese are doing to stand up against the ills that are happening in the DRC. So thank you so much for your time.
3: Thank you very much, dear Sheila, for giving us this opportunity to speak uh, about the situation of Congo in Radio Veritas. Uh, We give thanks to you and to Radio Veritas. May God bless you. Thank you.
0: And that brings me up to time. This has been your Friday's edition of Catholic View. Thank you so much for listening. Do have a blessed weekend. Until Tuesday, at the same time, I'm Sheila Birch. God bless you and ciao, ciao.